Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode number 95 of the Leaning Into Leadership podcast brought to you by EverFi. My guest on the show today is Lindsay Titus. Now, who's Lindsay Titus, you might ask? I'm so glad you asked that question. I'm going to tell you this. Lindsay Titus is one of my absolute favorite people on the planet. And for the past 15 years, Lindsay has worked as a classroom teacher. She's been a behavior specialist in public schools, residential and private settings. And the thing about Lindsay is she really just shares her passion for her profession through her own experiences to help guide and motivate and encourage other educators to use their own personal stories to create connections and relationships with others. Lindsay is a board-certified behavior analyst with a master's in special education. She is the founder of Define University, which is all about helping educators redefine who they are. Lindsay helps to ignite that inner spark that we all hold as educators. And she helps educators really just transform their lives by finding their authentic purpose and their passion, both inside and outside of the classroom. Lindsay and I sat down and had a conversation recently about behavior challenges through the lens of a teacher. You see, Lindsay's not only done all the things I just mentioned, she's also served as an assistant principal. So all of these different experiences gives Lindsay a lot of different ways and perspectives to approach all those behavioral challenges that we might be seeing. And we really focused on it from a behavior management versus student leadership perspective. It's a brilliant conversation, folks, and I can't wait for you to hear it. And you're going to get it right on the other side of this message from our sponsor, EverFi. Hey, leaders, today's podcast is sponsored by EverFi. EverFi provides districts, schools, and teachers with free digital resources to teach essential life skills like character development and financial education. That's right. I said free. EverFi partners with organizations like the United Way to give teachers hundreds of turnkey, standards-aligned lessons and 24-7 support. District and school administrators are supported with a suite of services like professional development and data reporting, all at no cost. Learn more at everfi.com slash edleaders. That's E-V-E-R-F-I dot com slash edleaders. So on today's podcast, we are going to talk about define you. I mean, defining you and the person to define you, of course, is Lindsay Titus. So Lindsay, welcome into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Uh, Thanks so much for having me, Darren. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Um, Just really quick, uh, let everybody know who Lindsay is, uh, and then we're going to dive right in. Um, Heck, I feel like I I could give a great introduction of you, but why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I am uh, Lindsay Titus. I come from Rochester, New York, and I am someone who is just constantly figuring out life. (laughs) Um, But within that, figuring it out, um, several different roles. I'm an educator. I've been an educator for 17 years now, uh, formally, right? Um, Currently a behavior specialist, but I have done everything from teaching, behavior consultation. Um, I just recently finished up a couple years as an assistant principal. Um, so a little bit of everything, which has given me a lot of experience in you know, really understanding 
kind of what educators go through every single day, um, some of the hardships, some of the celebrations, all of those things. Uh, outside of that role, I am a mom of two beautiful daughters, um, a nine-month-old Kelsey and an eight-year-old, almost nine-year-old uh, Kaylee. Um, my husband and I live here in Rochester um, and just enjoy you know, being home. We are definitely homebodies, so that is where I am during that free time. Um, and, and then outside of that, yeah, I have Define University where I help educators find their inner passion and purpose for creating a life they too love inside and outside of the classroom setting. So that's kind of me in a that nutshell. Is, that is all <laughs> spectacular. And you left something out. And so, so in October, I finally, this past October, I finally got to meet Lindsay in person. It was like, it was like this incredible, like, really weird high school reunion with all of these people coming together together at the Teach Better conference that had known each other for years on social media and never met in person. And um, I really, really cherished the amount of time I got to spend with you at Teach Better. And one really weird conversation that we had, and so this is the thing you left out, is you're a dance mom too. And so I'm curious at this point, how is the first year of competitive dance going for your daughter? Or more importantly, maybe for you and your husband? Right. Yes, I am a dance mom and it's like a new role. So it doesn't like naturally come um, to me. But yeah, my daughter's been in dance for, oh gosh, probably four years now, which is crazy to think about. This is her first year in competition and they start in the actual competitions start in like two weeks. And so we are in like final crunch mode right now, which I'm learning is like extra rehearsals. I have a hair tutorial next week to learn how oh, to yeah. do her hair and her makeup. <laughs> uh, we've got to buy new shoes. So we are in like prep mode, which is very, um, it's exciting, but it's definitely, I'm thankful for my type A organizational mind because the calendar is set. Like we are watching the YouTubes, like we are figuring it out, but I'm so excited for her and all the work she's put into this. Um, and to see her own growth is just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I'm a little nervous. We've got three in a row. We're doing three this year and they're back to back to back. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have there this There you Pretty, pretty certain the reason I got my doctorate was so I had a you know good excuse to not have to watch competitive dance all the time. I mean, I was in the arena, but you know, headphones in and writing a paper always on something. And um, it, the one piece of advice I don't think I gave you in October, and now you're getting ready for the competitions, is make sure you and your daughter practice the um, uh, putting on the fake eyelashes thing. Just last night, this came up. My daughter's 22 you know, competitive dancer forever. And somehow yesterday that came up her and her mom talking about still just the battle scars of putting on the fake eyelashes. So, so make sure you prepare for that one. Um, in addition to the hair thing. So, okay. So let's, let's actually transition out of that. That's another weird conversation we could have for a long time, but, um, what, what I want to talk about a little bit, uh, I know you're transitioning now out of an assistant principal role and, and back into the behavior specialist role. And just before we hit the record button, we were talking a little bit about some of, of what you're doing in that role and, and maybe just kind of your mindset around working with students that have challenging behaviors. Talk about that, that different approach that you have on focusing to support our kids who have those challenging behaviors. Yeah, so I really, I mean, simply put, and and I, I, you know, say this almost in quotes because it's not necessarily simple. It, it can be, but is I I focus on you know the best behavior strategy is knowing who you are, is knowing yourself, knowing your values, knowing your 
um, your own triggers, right, as a human being. So outside of even being an educator, because what I've learned is that our understanding of what behavior is and how behavior impacts us and our perception on behavior and perspectives. So at the end of the day, that's what we take action on, are our perceptions, our feelings, our emotions, our thoughts. And those don't just happen in a bubble of education, right? They are formed, they are, they are grown, they are nurtured in us from the time we are uh, younger than seven years old. And so when I started to learn this concept of how things from my childhood are impacting me and now as an adult, I really stopped to think about, wait, maybe this impacts me at work too. And I was looking at behavior or the students I was working with and I was, okay, what can I do to change their behavior? And it, and it worked for short periods of time, but I never had like long lasting change. And I was like, well, this is frustrating. Like we got three good weeks and now we're back to square one. And so it really took me going through my own personal growth journey to be like, oh my gosh, I can't change them. I can impact, influence, uh, motivate, you know, help, guide, teach, right? All the words, but I can't actually do it for them. And I, I started really, you know, thinking about how does this work? And I actually went all the way back to a, a really early training I went to early in my career. So it was probably like 17 years ago. It was my first year. It was on behavior management. And the very first slide was the best behavior management tool is who you are as a teacher. And I remember totally dismissing that because I was like, no way, like, that's not it. Like, it's got to be something else. But it's always stayed in the back of my mind. And in the last like five years, I'm like, man, they knew what they were talking about. I kind of wish I had listened more, right? Like, I wish I had kind of unpacked that. But now I know I wasn't ready to at that point in time. So I had no idea who I was. <laughs> you know, here I am fresh out of school, like first year, like, I got this, I'll figure it out. It's got to be about something external. It's got to be something, you know, there's got to be some magic thing. And so long story short, it's really about diving into who you are, what your beliefs are in behavior, you know, um, unpacking your own behavior bias, what you believe to be true about behavior. Once you get that at your core, you see behavior through a different light and working with it, helping to change it does become possible. And that belief that it's possible is something I see missing uh, in a lot of like trainings or books or talks today about behavior. Yeah, that was something that we were talking about just before we hit record that there's so many different programs out there for behavior management or for classroom management or, you know, to support students who, you know, who are dealing with trauma, but they all focus on the student and almost none, uh, I'll say almost none, but I believe it is actually none, focus on the teacher in the classroom environment. How as a behavior specialist do you support teachers to kind of have that same aha moment if they like you, you know, you were years ago, aren't ready to maybe look in the mirror. So one of the first things that I help teachers to do is actually break down um, and differentiate between behavior management and student leadership. So what we call behavior management a lot is actually not, is not what we want it to be or what I believe we want it to be. Management to me has to do with things like procedures, you know, your transitions, um, you know, different expectations in your classroom. Those do not have anything to do, though, really with the student. And so when we're talking about behavior of somebody else, behavior that somebody else is doing, it falls under leadership. And the first leader in a classroom is the teacher. 
and our students also get to be leaders. And so by starting to have this conversation with the teachers that I work with that, you know, where is, you know, how are you the leader in this classroom? What do you see? What are the strengths? Where are the areas of growth? So we don't start the conversation even about the kid or about behaviors. I talk, I start the conversation through, through questions about that person. I need to get to know that teacher better. I need for them to get to know me. And so we can establish that relationship because we know that that's key. And so by using, you know, I always say the quality of your questions drives the quality of your conversation. And that's really going to then lead to the actions you take. So for me, it's more about getting to know the teacher, getting them to know themselves and trust in who they are. I'm, I'm still shocked the number of times where I ask them to tell me what they're strong at, what their strengths are. And, and they like look at me like a deer in headlights. I'm like, well, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with celebrations. We're going to start with figuring out, you know, who you are because you're the strongest person, you know, in this classroom. Um, that then then leads into conversations about what they want to grow and change. But it's really my questions are always brought back to them and what they're in control of, which we know is ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. That, that that's the one thing we can control is ourself, uh, and and teachers, uh, and school leaders for that matter, by by their nature are control freaks, and we we struggle with the fact that we can't control other things. I, I want to go back though, really quick to to something that you just said about how teachers so often will struggle to identify their own strengths or the things that they're really good at. What why do you think that is? I mean, what what leads to a teacher not being able to identify? where they're really, really good? I think ultimately it's it's a societal influence, right? Like we we grow things that we aren't good at yet. <laughs> and that, that's the whole you know concept of growth. Yet I I will argue we can grow things we're strong at too, but that's not where the the push is. You know, I think back, I was a swimmer growing up. Um, you know, freestyle was my sport, bat or was my my stroke, backstroke was not. So where did I get the most feedback on my backstroke? Because I wasn't good at that. And so it was hard then to say, well, I'm good at freestyle when, you know, my, my coach is constantly giving me feedback about the thing I'm not good at yet. And that's not a bad thing, right? Like I, I don't live in the world of this is good and this is bad. This is right. And this is wrong. So I think we get stuck in trying to find where the answer is but it's just what is. And so I think human beings in general, you know, we're, we're talking about educators here, but I really, I see it in everyone. We have a really hard time saying what we're good at because that's not what, that's not what we are exposed to. Even on the media, right? Every commercial out there is about something to get better at, <laughs> you know, or how to help you enhance yourself. It's not to grow your strengths. And so I really think it takes intentional practice to share what we are good at without feeling like we're, you know, egotistical or self-centered or selfish or any of those things that sometimes come with it. Um, Cause it's just not a natural part of our practice yet. Whether you're selecting resources and curriculum mapping or you're organizing PD days and analyzing data administrators, you have a lot on your plate. So why not lighten the load by working with Everfi? It costs you nothing. Really, EverFi provides 100% free essential skills resources and services to over 11,000 school districts thanks to partners like the NFL and the United Way. Their standards-aligned resources focus on things like college and career readiness, character development, financial literacy, health, wellness, and other pivotal topics for long-term student success. Check out 
the free digital resources yourself at everfi.com slash edleaders. In addition to hundreds of free lessons, EverFi provides school leaders with a dedicated team who will align EverFi's resources to your curriculum maps, create tailored learning sessions for your next PD day, integrate EverFi's free platform with ClassLink and Clever, and provide you with regular data reporting and 24-7 support, all at no cost. Man, I wish I had known about EverFi when I was a school leader. Go to everfi.com slash edleaders to see why admin and teachers love partnering with EverFi. Then schedule a meeting to bring EverFi's free resources and support to your district. That's E-V-E-R-F-I dot com slash edleaders. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. That is really interesting. And it, it makes me think a little bit about, this is the last place I would have ever thought we would go with this conversation, but it makes me think a little bit about how teacher evaluation works. And, you know, yes, we, we focus on the areas where, where teachers may be deficient or that we want to help them get a little bit better. I, I do think, though, we we talk about the areas of strength, but, and maybe I was just unique as, as the person who who evaluated teachers. I don't think I was, but Maybe I glossed over the strengths a little too much and would focus on, you know, hey, let's, you know, when you would put together your professional development plan for the year, you didn't focus on getting better at the things you're already good at. You always focus on, hey, you know, what what can I be better at? You know, how can I help, you know, these, you know, this group of students do this particular thing better through something I can do to improve myself. Mm-hmm. So. When, when you really start to go deep into this conversation with, with other educators, is it an aha moment for them or is it still kind of an uncomfortable, yeah, I don't know if I want to go there kind of conversation? I think it's definitely both. Um, I definitely know the the longer I've had a relationship with someone, it gets easier. Um, it's definitely usually a little bit more uncomfortable at the beginning. Um, I, I think I use my own story a lot, you know, because I've anything that I teach or coach on, I've lived. <laughs> you know, I think that's the best. And so I will I, I'm 100 percent OK being vulnerable with people that, you know, my first evaluation, my person wrote that I needed counseling like that was in my evaluation. And I'm not saying do that. Like, I think it's terrible. Um, now that I've gone through my own like leadership process, I'm like, nope, that that was terrible. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I was the one breaking down at work. Like I was emotional. I was always stressed. I, everything I did was wrong. Nothing I did was ever enough. And I see that mindset in a lot of educators today. Um, and that was pre, like social media wasn't even really a thing, you know, when I first started teaching. So I didn't even have that comparison. And so there's a lot with that. And so I, you know, the more honest we are, and I think this is in any relationship, this can be administrator to teacher, this can be teacher to teacher, teacher to student, student to student, teacher to parent, like it doesn't matter. The more honest and authentic you are, then you're not having to fake anything. You're not having to, you know, try to be somebody you're not, and you get to be yourself, which is so freeing. And once I see teachers start to practice this, it doesn't take long before it's starting. It, it it helps them feel, or they feel more comfortable about it. So how does that then transition into how they work with students who are having some behavior challenges in the classroom? So I, I start to become a little bit more confident in what I'm good at in my classroom. Yeah. How do I translate that into helping a child who, you know, has 
has anger issues or, you know, hides under a desk when he hears loud noises, you know, or whatever. How, how, how does that, how does that cross over? All right. So, yeah. So traditionally, when we think of behavior, right, we focus on the challenges. So a traditional mindset is this isn't going right in my classroom. This isn't going well. I'm really, you know, struggling with this. This student, no matter what I do, this is what I'm seeing, which is very kind of deficit based. When we flip the script and now the teacher is focused on what are my strengths? What am I doing today that's serving me? What do I do well? Where am I ready to grow? Because even that's a unique lens versus what's going wrong. No, what am I willing to grow? What am I ready to grow? Now we see that in our students too. And we naturally model that in our students, right? And so we can get all like scientific with mirror neurons in the brain and neuroplasticity and learning new things. And I go there. <laughs> we don't need to go there today. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when that's what we are looking for, when we start to honor the strengths in ourselves, we're going to naturally honor the strengths in our students. And so even those students that have and display challenging behavior, they're still strengths. We also start to see behavior as a solution to a problem the person is having. And my job as the educator is I get to help them come up with a more efficient and effective way to solve that problem. And isn't that why we went into education, right? To teach and educate, you know, the youth into you know, our next generation. And so when we start to see behavior through a different lens, because remember, that's all the world is, is, is what am I looking through? What's my perspective? When we see it with ourselves, we naturally do it to the students in our classrooms. It becomes easier to make decisions. Decisions become simpler. We don't have the guilt and the doubt and the shame and the you know, worry about our decisions, we simply trust in who we are. And so when we naturally do something for ourselves, that's where our mind goes, which means that's where my actions now go. I'm going to do it with my students and it's going to become habit for me because that's how I live my life. That is just so powerful. And, you know, it, it makes me think just a little bit of, you know, some of the work that that I led when we completely flipped the culture of our school, you know, starting as an AP and then ultimately as a principal, it, it had to be about what was I looking for? You know, I had to like retrain my brain to quit, quit focusing all the little things that people were doing wrong and just start to celebrate those positive things. It, it really does have an incredible impact. And I love, I love how you kind of just tied that all together that really it, it is about us as individuals and, you know, how are we going to show up every day? And, you know, are we going to be that person looking for the things they're, they're doing wrong or, are we going to lean into our strengths? I, I love that so much. And so, so let's let's do this. Then let's lean into one of your other strengths, which is define you. Let, let's continue to talk about how we build up educators, how we help educators find joy and pursue their passions, and just fall in love with what they do again. Let, let talk a little bit about kind of the origin behind define you, and we'll work our way up to what you're doing now. Yeah, so I'll start with kind of a quick um, challenge, if you will, for your listeners. So if somebody said to you right now, hey, who are you? I want you to describe yourself, but you cannot say um, where you live. You cannot say what you do for your job. And you cannot say anything to do with a marital status or kids or family life or anything. And when I do that, and I know for myself, right? I can see your face, right? So what comes to mind for you, right? Man, like, uh, hmm, okay. <laughs> keep talking, Lizzie, because I need to keep thinking. 
<laughs> right? And so, and where that comes from is 80% of us, 80% or more of us will answer that question, who are you with where you live, what your job is, what your marital status is, and how many kids you have. That's our traditional answer. And so with that, we lose sight of who we are, right? Because at the end of the day, you're not your job, <laughs> you're not your marital status, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But that's what we believe because that's how we answer that question. That's how we're taught to answer that question. So where did Define You come from? Because I was stuck in that answer. I only saw myself as, you know, originally a teacher. That was it. Who, you know, hey, Lindsay, tell me about yourself. I'm a teacher. That was it. I was waking up thinking about teaching. I was going to work thinking about teaching. I was going to bed thinking about teaching. I had nothing else. And that led to burnout. That led to my own burnout four and a half years in. And because I had no idea who I was outside of my job. You know, fast forward a little bit. I, I met my you know boyfriend that's now husband. It was the same thing. Well, I'm a teacher and I'm a girlfriend. I'm a teacher. I'm a wife. And then it was kids. But I never had any idea of who the heck am I outside of those things. And so it really took some soul searching to figure out who am I, right? Defining who you are at your core, because those other things are so important. You know, if, if I tell you what's at my core, it's exactly those things, right? It's my husband. It's my girls. I love my job. I love being an educator, but I love being me first and I love being me more. And it took me my own journey to learn this. And that is what I then and that, and that I now coach to educators is you get to love who you are at your core, no matter where you are, what you're doing, whether you are at a job you love in a suit and tie and all that, or whether you're in your pajamas on your couch, you know, reading a book, you get to love who you are because that's your personal power. And I love providing that to educators because I think we lose that in our jobs sometimes. You know, I, I'm, I'm still racking my brain to define myself beyond, you know, uh, traveler of the road to awesome. There you go. That's who I am. Um, but uh, although even even that, even putting in road to awesome, that still pulls in, you know, what, what I do. So so maybe that's still a bit of a challenge. I got to keep working on that. I got to keep working on defining who I am to my core. I, I think that's just super, super deep, though. You know, we... And, and I don't. This is not just an educator thing only. This is this is just really human behavior. We do define ourselves by marital status, you know, where we live, you know, our kids, what we do for a living, or, or whatever the case may be. So, give me like a give me a crash course. I mean, it, like push me to think deeper around who I am. So, coach me real quick, Lindsay. Let, let let's see what you got here. Bring your A game because I'm a tough. I'm a tough guy to coach. <laughs> so let's we'll use those things that, that you love so much, right? Because it's they're so important to us, right? So when you think of your relationship as a husband, what words do you think your wife would ex would use to define you know to describe who you are? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think she would say supporting. Um, I believe that she would say uh, caring. I think she would say dedicated. Um, yeah, and I, I would hope she would say loving too. Um, right. You know, that's. Now, what about yeah. what about your kids? What do you think? If I said like, "Hey, describe your dad to me," what are they going to say? Oh man, I you know uh, that's interesting. I, I think 
Liz and I actually had this conversation not long ago. Um, she was she was telling me that at work she has you know shared with her coworkers what you know what I do, and one of her coworkers said, "Your dad is fascinating." Now I don't think my own kid would call me fascinating, but you know one of one of her coworkers actually said that. I think it's just the unique journey. Um, I I know that my daughter would say that you know I will always have her back that I will always support her that I love her with all my heart and that uh, she would she would probably just utter the phrase that that we've shared since she was an infant which is you know I'll love her forever I'll like her for always and forever and never she'll be my daughter so yeah. I, I I would believe that's what she would say yeah and then and then again you can do this for any any role right so I could ask you the same question about you know, um, students that were in your high school, right? Or um, administrators when you were superintendent, right? So the point being, we get to these descriptive words because it's the descriptive words. It's these values that are truly our power. It's not that, you know, it's the educator that it's my, you know, my title, right? It's it's going beyond that. And so instead of saying, hey, I'm Darren, I'm, um, you know, publisher, I'm a speaker, I'm these, I'm these, I'm these, it's, I am someone dedicated to living my life to support, care, um, and love those that are in my inner circle because that is what I'm on this earth to do. Like, which one feels different, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, and, yeah. and I mean, hearing you, yeah, hearing you say that second one, I mean, that's, I I want to believe that that does describe me, you know, because that is, that is who I want to be, you know, whether that's, you know, the people that, that, that ultimately I get to impact through the work I do or just those people that are, yeah, in my inner circle, whether that's family or, or friends or, or colleagues, that's that's who I want to be. Right. You're good at this. And it can go, any, <laughs> it can go any direction, right? Because the other thing yeah. I've learned is our brain, our brain can't understand past or future in the sense of making change. It only underst- it, it understands everything as literally right now. So if we say like one day I want to be, like say for, for me example, one day I want to be a consultant consulting with school districts across the United States. My brain hears one day, which means I don't have it now, which means it's not possible. So instead it's flipping it to, I am somebody who speaks my my trust, my truth, my passion with educators across the country, because that's what's today. And we can do this with behavior too. Here's how we can link it back, right? If we say one day, I just want this, I want my class to be under control. No, when I'm in my classroom, my students respond to my energy. And so, and that's what I can control. So I am the teacher they need right now. And we are gonna work together as a collective to change the dynamic feel and climate and culture in my classroom. That's the difference. One is like a future, it could happen maybe. (laughs) One is, we're going to yeah. make it happen today. And that's the same thing with defining who we are. A lot of times we can look to those in our closest circle and say, hey, what do you what describe me? Right. What values do you see in me? That's how we can define ourselves and we can start to take away. The labels are still important. They're still a part of us. Right. They're still our, our roles. They still are who we identify as. But when we allow those labels to identify us completely and define us completely, Again, who are we going to do that with? We're going to do that with our students. So instead of seeing Johnny as Johnny, who maybe struggles with impulse control, we're going to see Johnny as the labels we've heard. Oppositional defiant. We're going to see Johnny as a student with ADHD. We're going to see Johnny as somebody that just has behavior problems. 
And that's what our mind's going to see. And so we've got to flip the script and we've got to start seeing the student first, but we can't do that until we allow ourselves and give ourselves permission to see ourselves first as the human being that we are. That's just so, so very powerful. I love that so much. Um, I, I want to, I want to jump to to my last question, then I want then I want to circle back with actually another question. But but I always ask everybody here on the podcast the the very same question. So, Lindsay, how are you leaning into leadership right now? Yeah, it's a, a lot of ways. Right? So during the pandemic, I you know really decided to continue my own growth, and at that time, this was just what three years ago, I really thought that leadership was about a specific role, not a specific role, but a certain type of role, um, certain title, those things. And even though, again, on one hand, I knew that wasn't true. That was still my limiting belief. That was still a belief I had. Um, I went through the coursework because I knew I was ready to grow in my profession, in my, my journey. I was ready. And so for me, leaning into leadership is who am I as a leader, right? Roles aside, title aside, I clearly just stepped stepped out of a traditional leadership role back into um, a, a teacher, more teacher-driven role, and I'm still a leader. And so for me, yeah. it's figuring out who am I as the leader I want to be, right? As well as the leader I want to become. And then that leader I want to become, that next level version of Lindsay as a leader, what can I do today to make that happen? What can I, what actions can I change? What habits can I change? What mindset do I need to really unpack? Um, and to me, that's what it's all about is who do you want to become? But then we got to bring that into today. And what actions can I take today to be that best version of what I have to offer? And speaking it into reality. I love it so much. So um, speaking of speaking things into reality, um, just really quick, you know, share with uh, share with my listeners uh, your podcast. So Lindsay's got a wonderful podcast, folks. You got to check that out. And then also just maybe share with them how they can get in touch with you because I know they're going to want to. Absolutely. Yeah. So the Fine University um, podcast, again, really started as a dare to myself. Um, I grew up not feeling like I had a voice, not wanting to share my voice. I grew up that the quiet, quiet kid is the good kid. Um, so I kept things in a lot. And through my journey, I realized I had a voice and I was ready to share it. And um, I had a mentor say, like, why not do a podcast? And I was like, I don't think I can. <laughs> and it was in that moment that he was like, well, then you're going to. <laughs> and now we are three years in. Um, I love, you know, I do a, a combination. I do some solo episodes where it's about mindset. It's about the things we've talked about here today, giving you tips and tricks and small um, steps you can take to really better understand who you are as an individual. Um, and then also bring on guests to really help them share their story and help them, you know, share who they are with the world. Um, and it's, I love the space. I love being able to share that uh, with the, you know, education community, um, which really leads to just the Define University community. Um, you can head to defineuniversity.com where all of my information is. Um, and then I'm on the different various social uh, media platforms as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest here on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, Lindsay. It was great to catch up with you. And as always, it's great to see you. Uh, you too. Thank you so much. 
Each and every episode that I've been recording here on the podcast recently just just reinforces to me the value of these organic conversations with these incredible guests, uh, Lindsay Titus obviously being one of those. Um, certainly a challenge there, though, right? Um, when when Lindsay asked me to to tell her what you know what I thought my daughter would use uh, as far as words to describe me, that was that was very interesting and certainly something that uh, made me pause and made me reflect a little bit. So I, I appreciate that challenge, Lindsay. That was awesome. Um, and now it's time for a pep talk. And today's pep talk, we're going to stay right with the coaching aspect. Uh, Lindsay talked about it quite a bit. Some of you have heard me talk about it a little bit here and there on the podcast. But um, I would tell you that when it comes to coaching, everybody can benefit from a coach. I think there are times where having a coach can get a little bit of a bad rap, especially in leadership. But leadership coaching is becoming a much more prevalent thing, and not because people are struggling, but rather because we need that third point perspective. We need somebody who can be the sounding board, who is not our evaluator, not our supervisor, nor is somebody that we are charged with leading. It's somebody who is independent, who's there to provide feedback, to ask good questions. Somebody asked me the other day, as a coach, what's the number one thing that I focus on? And I'll be honest with you, it's asking questions. Um, my job, my challenge as a leadership coach with everybody that I work with is to really push them to think dif differently, to push them to think deeply around the work they're doing, around the decisions they want to make, around those challenges that they're having, the struggles that they're having, and for that matter, the successes. So folks, if you're working with a coach, good for you. If you're not, I would suggest that you take a look at that. Now, whether that's me or somebody else isn't necessarily relevant. What's relevant is the benefit that each and every one of us can get from working with a coach. That's your pep talk for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you did, folks, stop on down there at the bottom and hit that five-star review. Give us a little bit of feedback. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to know what it is about the show that keeps you coming back. What is it about the show that you enjoy? What is it about the show that's truly inspiring you? Thank you for being a listener here on Leaning Into Leadership. Have a road to awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.